0: Welcome to the Beyond High Performance podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high-performance in their lives and businesses.
1: It's like this is the beginning of a growth journey for you over the course of the next year. It's not about a one-and-done or, you know, you fail or whatever else, it's going to be something that you lean into, you move into, you grow into. And that's the exciting
2: part. Today's episode is from our show on coaching, where elite coaches from Novus Global and faculty from the Meta Performance Institute discuss goal setting for the new year. On this episode, coaches Randy Poon, Joseph Thompson, Chris North, and myself, Rosanna Tomiak, discuss an empowering and joyful way to set goals rather than feeling you've held yourself hostage for 12 months. We look at how goals can be viewed as opportunities to create or as solutions to a problem, and what the impact is of these different views. From our experience with our clients and in our own lives, we share tips about goal setting, like whether to make our goals public, how to incorporate accountability, and what value does having a purpose behind our goals bring. We land on an idea about the value of the journey toward a goal, that the commitment to doing what it takes, independent of whether we achieve our outcome or not, has the power to transform our lives. We can't wait for you to enjoy the show. Happy New Year! We are in our next episode of On Coaching, and we have with us today our Novus Global Executive Coaches. We have Joseph Thompson. Hi, Joseph. Hi. We have Chris North. Hi, Chris. Hello, hello. And we have Randy Poon. Hi, Randy.
3: Hello there.
2: Our coaches are here with us today. We're going to talk about setting goals for the new year. And <laughs> Chris, you're laughing. What do you want to say, Chris? <laughs>
3: well, what I was laughing at, I think, was the, the collective eye roll <laughs> that that when we hear setting goals and things like that. So just calling that out early. Uh, I know if I heard that, I'd be like, okay, here we go. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks to- no. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's what I was laughing at.
2: So yeah, we are uh, getting ready for the new year, and today we're talking about setting goals for the new year, and that might cause some of our listeners to roll their eyes. <laughs> so, do you guys set goals for the new year?
4: Well, I will say the thing that I, I've been doing for the past I don't know decade is to sit down and reflect and say, "Hey, like, where am I today, and what would I like to be true this year?" Sometime. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to, to explore that as like, what do I really, really want? And what am I really uh, making sure that I'm going to happen versus, man, this would be cool. And so I don't know that I ever sit down and say like, this is my goal. It's more this like really open-handed exploration of, um, at least in the, the, the kind of the New Year's, New Year's resolution approach, it's an open-handed exploration of what would I love for my life to look like this year? And then I have these other spaces like being coached, where I set clear, concrete visions and, and go after that. And I might bring some of those things in. But my, my relationship to the New Year's resolution setting is, is a lot more open-handed than almost anywhere else in my life.
2: Hmm. Chris?
3: Chris? Yeah. Well, I, well, I like that. I like the idea of having, of having, uh, of having both. So like something that you're really holding yourself to and tying yourself going, this is a, this is a thing that I want to do. I, I, like when we talk about goals, even just to set the stage a little bit, I'm, I'm thinking, and in, even inviting you, if you're listening to this going like, do I have goals? Are, like, what is my relationship to goals is, uh, is, is probably, a really good place to start is, do you have that collective eye roll like I might, or is there that ferocious, tenacious, like I love setting goals and accomplishing them and checking, you know, and, or is it somewhere in between? It feels to me like a bit of a spectrum. And so even just noticing where you land on, on that spectrum, when we talk about goal setting, some people just avoid it altogether and are completely cynical (laughs) around uh, new year's resolutions. We all know uh, things like that, but Um, I think even just as a, as a framework going like what are, where do I land on that spectrum and how is that informing my day-to-day choices or am I really excited about something or am I avoiding something? So for me, I, I have annual goals. I I love annual goals for me. I think the thing that, that in terms of setting them is really important is finding something that really inspires me to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, yeah. really inspires me, even if I don't achieve it in the time frame that I set. So, to give an example, was a number of years ago, I was going to get out of debt, out of student loan debt. I had a, a car payment and a student loan, and this is maybe seven years ago or so. I said I'm going to be completely free from this debt by this date, and I did not hit that date. But because that was a a like a tenacious goal for me. The story that I got to live in involving how I spent money, how I spent time, what I did, what I didn't do, all of that was actually really inspiring to me. Even though I didn't hit my goal, I hit it a lot sooner than if I had not set the goal in the first place. And so for me, I'm looking for something that inspires me and that the, the, the process also mm-hmm. inspires me.
2: Mm-hmm. Randy, I just want to ask you, let's see another coach in our firm. Do you set annual goals?
3: Absolutely. I think one of
1: the things, I like what Chris said about um, the whole aspect of um, goals that are really, that he's passionate about. Goals that really excite and Because I think in many ways, I think one of the keys in terms of goal setting is more than just, just setting this goal of wanting to achieve something. It's also looking at who we are ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think in many ways, sometimes we can, we can be looking at the behaviors or the do or the activity that we want to engage in. And yet at the same time, too, we're not looking at that question of who we are and who we are becoming in that whole process. And I think for me, in terms of my own goals and, 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 the, and the big steps that I've, I've taken over, let's say, the last couple of years in particular, has really been an examination of who I am and you know how I get in my way, what I'm afraid of, things that I'm avoiding. All those things are critical parts in terms of that goal setting process.
2: Yeah, totally. And there's something called a pyrrhic victory where you achieve the outcome, but you achieve it at the expense of so many things that are valuable to you. One of them could be who you are. And so I'm hearing you say, Randy, well, yeah, I set goals, but part of the goals that I set are about who I'm becoming in the next year and not just what I'm going to get or create as an outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you guys think that people roll their eyes when when you talk about new year's resolutions what's there for them
3: history <laughs> <laughs> yeah data like really hard <laughs> numbers
4: <laughs> yeah
2: like what kind of history
4: there's a pretty clear trend that like people give up on their resolutions somewhere in between like 4 and 6 weeks it might even be shorter, It might be two and four. I'm not exactly sure.
2: Like 18 um, days in or something.
4: Yeah. And and I think that there are a couple of things that like keep that a trend. And, and a lot of it has to do with like how how people relate to failure. Right. Like, no, ah, I didn't do the thing. Therefore, the whole year's gone. Right. And and so like it's really easy to, to be like, well that didn't work. And you, you, you stop rather than kind of like seeing it as well, I, I don't remember who, where, where I got this from, but this idea of like looking at your goals, looking at the, the your process toward achievement goal, almost like a, a football game where it's like, well, Q1 was bad, but we're going back out when the whistle blows, right? Like we, we got a new quarter, right? Like, okay, we can always get back up on the horse. And, and I'm curious what you all have to think about this, but I think one of the, one of the main factors that leads to that, the, that slope, that trajectory of we set and then we abandon, I think one of the main factors that contributes to that is that we're setting resolutions as a way to solve a problem. Mm. We're setting goals as a way to solve a problem rather than I think what uh, Chris and Randy were talking about was like to, to, to create something that's inspiring or create something that, that fosters a passion and it's like uh, I like oh why should I lose weight because because my weight is a problem why should mm-hmm. I exercise because because my health is a problem why should I get out of debt and, and because because that's bad quote unquote and I think that when you're when you're using a goal to
3: combat a, combat a problem
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah combat a problem then as soon as you you don't do that then like you're all of a sudden you're faced with all the the problematic thoughts you have about, about what you're trying to solve. And so, um, I, and I, I could be uh, totally full of it, but I, I see that happening in, in, uh, especially in clients.
3: Mm-hmm. Joseph, I really like what you said. And I want to hear about how, how you see it play out with, with clients too, is, is, cause I think I, I do too, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. The, the idea of, of, I really like that setting a goal to solve a problem versus setting a goal that is inspiring. And I don't know if it's necessarily like one or the other is is better because sometimes solving a problem is really inspiring to me. But yeah. what will that afford yeah, right. me to do? So I now I, it's like I want to have zero debt and a and a smoking hot body, or be like at the best the best shape of my life, whatever that means. Based on, based on these halfway there specific. Yeah. Oh no. no, I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you you solved the debt problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, thank. That was a little backhanded compliment. I'll take <laughs> it <I'll take. laughs> So like there, there is the question that comes after what happens now. And so it, it and, and I want to ask you, even when you when, when I'm talking to clients anyway, I'm sure you do this too is go, okay, so you do that now. What? And, and I'm wondering Oftentimes if if people are thinking through the now what. So you you had mentioned working with clients about this, Joseph. I want to hear a little bit about that as well.
4: You asked the question that I I love to bring to the table there. It's like, hey, what's on the other side of that for you? Right? Like, you know, snap your fingers and you have that tomorrow. Tell me about your world. Mm-hmm. Right. And and often that that's the unexplored thing. And once that happens, like Either they get paralyzed for a moment, and then you can kind of <laughs> help them envision it and paint that portrait, or you see a, like a different. Th- there's a new gear that people access when they say, "Oh my gosh, I don't know." Like now, I now now I know the why. Now I, I'm talking about fulfillment of a of of who I say I am, right? Fulfillment of purpose in the world. Mm-hmm. Usually, what I see on the other side of that or at least I'm noticing a pattern is a lot of that is freedom. Like mm-hmm. what, people, what people really want out of that is freedom. And so when they start to glimpse that, then it activates the passion. It's like the table stakes change.
3: Yeah. Almost every time that I'm working with somebody for the first time, uh, and, and maybe that's uh, exaggeration, but there's this idea of, I want freedom, 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 freedom. And, and I like, and, and so I've said this for years. I say, okay, freedom, it gets you out of the red and to zero. And, and I wonder how many people, even if you're listening to this right now, it's like, if you had all of the freedom in the world, do you know what you would do with it next? Or if you had, let's not even talk about all the freedom in the world. Let's talk about if you had freedom in this one specific area, what that would afford you on the other side, what would be happening? uh, What are you now free To do Mm because I'm not gonna lie, I was I was free before I got into debt, (laughs) and (laughs) and I made choices that slowly diminished that freedom. Whatever your whatever your goals are, is there something on the other side of freedom that's actually pulling you towards the accomplishment of that goal? Rosanna, you're smiling, so I want to hear.
2: Yeah, because and I'm thinking, Randy, this is related to what you're saying. So if I hey New Year's resolution, we know popular ones. I want to lose 15 pounds this year, and then so this is what I'm going to do to lose 15 pounds. And then, and only then will I be happy. And so there's that thing where what I'm hearing you guys say is what if you started with happy? What if you, what if we asked our clients, Hey, if, if you were free or if you were happy, what would you do and what would you design your your year to look like? So it's that, that way of being stuff that Randy was talking about that he's prioritized a lot more, with how he sets up his year. So, Randy, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that, too.
1: Well, I think this whole aspect of, the, you know, the eye roll nature of, you know, of New Year's resolution is stemmed, I think, in many ways, because we set these one time or these once in a moment type of goals or objectives. And then we assume that because we set those objectives that we're gonna automatically head down that pathway to those particular goals. And I think in many ways, this idea, this way of being in, it, in many aspects is an ongoing process. This is a process of becoming. It's a process of kind of in some ways changing the narrative of who we are. We might have seen ourselves in a certain way, let's say, as being overweight or in debt or whatever it might happen to be. And it's in part, it's that ongoing change. So what am how am I how am I gonna change that story? And in some ways, too, what are those stories that I'm that I'm telling myself? that actually prevent me or serve as obstacles in moving toward my goal. So I think in some ways, this whole idea of process of becoming becomes that ongoing. And that's where a coach comes into play of really being able to say, hey, you know, what, what are those stories you're telling yourself kind of thing. And that beginning of the noticing the noticing, oh, wow, huh? this is the story I'm telling myself.
4: Yeah. Well, it's like that practice that you just described, like that, that all you know, the series of conversations, is probably not what people do when they sit down to make yeah, resolutions. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? And so like what
2: what's the upgrade?
4: <laughs> yeah, right? Like if, if I'm if I'm uh, just, you know, me 10 years ago before I even had coaches or even like exposure to this work, like what provision is 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 there for me to do this in a way that increases my chance of success?
3: Yeah, well I One of the, one of the things that I will oftentimes say to clients is it it feels to me like you're going to hold your happiness hostage to the event of a completed goal. Mm.
4: Can you just impact like how that, how that, that hostage scenario looks?
3: Yeah. Like you can't be happy until your goal is complete. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that to me is is you will need happy. (laughs) to to accomplish your goal. And in in mm-hmm. so far as mm-hmm. if you're going to grind it out, which I think is very like cultural norms and things like that around here is as we go like we're just going to fight and grind awesome. and hustle. Yeah, like all of that. And it's like okay, um does it work? Mm-hmm. And and when we we have to put work in quali- like in quotes because is it is it sustainable? Is it what you actually want? Is there a better way? And so what if you just chose in this scenario, we're using happy. And so like, what if you just chose happy and along the way, and, and when we're talking about goals that inspire us, that's one, but then I, I was talking earlier about being inspired on the path towards the goal is I've, I've found it incredibly easy to forget about the attitude along the way. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I, I do this all the time and people in my life will call, call it forward for me and go like, are you happy about that? It's like, well, I'll be happy when, okay, you, that's one way to do it. Or, uh, why don't you just be happy right now? And then move? to like, what kind of a goal would you actually believe that you can accomplish? If you just chose that way of being, I'm going to be happy right now. And so that's, that's one of the things that I think leads into the, to the eye roll culture and, and things like this is because we're going to go, we, we don't want to not be satisfied or happy in the day to day. Like we live our lives in the moments in the day to day. And if our goal is an annual goal, then that means that if, if we, whether we're aware of it or not, or, or conscious of it or not, is if we're going to hold our happiness hostage is the language I'm using. And if we're not going to allow ourselves to be happy until that thing is complete, then buckle up, it's going to be a tough year. <laughs> and it's, there's no satisfaction. No. Yeah. Anyway, so
4: it's likely, it's likely that you probably won't be happy.
0: When, when you, you get it. it.
2: Yeah. Cause something else will come up that you then have to achieve. And it's this vicious cycle. So, so let's look at this. We have our listeners out there and maybe, maybe some of them out there are like, man, I was getting ready after Turkey to, to say this year, the 15 pounds is going. And now I'm hearing these guys on this podcast, tell me to start with happy. So how does someone actually start, uh, with freedom or with happiness and then set goals out of that instead of thinking that the achievement of the goal will get them that How would you guys coach them?
1: I think part of it again is, is looking at I, I mean I'm going back I'm going back to my old story here about you know the the way of being here is so, you know Who are they wanting to become in the first place? Um, how are they seeing themselves? Are they seeing themselves as healthy? I'd, ma- I'd, I'd broaden it beyond simply a weight goal I'd make it a goal that talks about who they are as a person, who they are in terms of the relationships, who they are in terms of how they see themselves. Because I think in many ways, if they don't see themselves as lovable, as someone worthy, then I think then in, in some ways when they don't reach those goals or where they have difficulties in reaching their goals, then there's a lot of self-condemnation that takes place there instead. And I think having a sense of saying, you know what, I am worthy, that I, I am, I, I you know, I can achieve these goals. I believe in myself. I am a person, you know, who can be, and it's, it's almost like seeing yourself as being having lost that weight already, in many ways, and then moving toward that, and saying what kind of commitments am I, am I willing to make then to do that. So it's more than just, let's say, losing weight goal, but it's going to be okay. So what am I? What am I committed to do? Let's say vis-a-vis, you know, what I buy, what you know, what I have what I have around the house, and in some aspects, and there's a, there's an alignment then with this being along with the activities and behaviors that would better set a person up
3: for losing the weight in the first place. Yeah. So Randy, what I, what I'm hearing you say is that setting goals is coming from a place of who you want to become. So I, I go, I am a healthy person. Well, what does then a healthy person do? Well, the healthy, a healthy person in this stage of my life for me specifically buys this food, doesn't buy this, like makes these choices. And so, and even Rosanna, it, like even from, from athletic days and, and working with athletes and things like that, I, I wonder if there's there's a degree of daily habitual behaviors that that people oftentimes will will lose track of in in sight of that that goal. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that too just where habits and creating habits cuz all of that I feel like is is a part of the goal conversation creating systems that actually allow you to naturally hit those goals versus just this is going to change but I have no idea how or when or why.
2: Yeah. And that's that whole thing of when we look at, look at the year ahead of us, are we setting outcome goals for like December 31st, 2022, or are we setting habit goals? And it's true. It's a great example from my athletic career where we would be on an Olympic cycle that was four years long. And so you're like, I'm going to get to the Olympics in four years and, you know, hold your breath until, (laughs) you know, that comes along. No, we had to set you know, in, in some productivity tools, they talk about lead measures and lag measures. So it's like, what are you measuring along the way that, you know, will, you know, if you hit those things along the way, the likeliness of you getting that outcome at the end is much higher. So if I eat healthy and I exercise well, then, Hey, I'm likely to hit the outcome goal of losing the weight, but I'm actually not thinking about the weight so much along the way. I'm thinking about how i'm behaving in my yeah. in my day to day
3: yeah i i like that that too and even just as as you're listening to this like rosanna just said something lead lead indicators or measures and and lag indicators or lag measures and and even if you like hit pause and ask yourself what are my what are my goals or what would i want my goal to be and then and then actually going what are my lead indicators there and what would the lag indicators be and my guess is even as coaches like there's these are these are questions that that we can ask that if we spend time to allow to, to actually play with and, and turn over and wrestle with, that we will do ourselves a great service in actually achieving those things. And I think a lot of times we don't do that. We don't stop, slow down, ask the questions, write it down, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would love to hear too, like because I'm, I'm facing this here pretty soon. I'm going to be setting some pretty obnoxious goals because uh, I think it's funny. So I would love your thoughts, all of you guys, on we got the the, the behavioral the, the habitual the, the the indicators all of those things what i would love to know is how do i give myself the best fighting shot at achieving something previously conceived of as or in my own brain as impossible and what are your what are your thoughts on that all of you <laughs> It's coming. You'll see. You'll see my goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's doing it
1: in community. I think one of the things that love really that, Randy. stands out about, about our community, our you know the Novus Global community, is that we do it t- together. We do it. We, we put ourselves on the hook with one another, basically. And I think in doing so, then it's no longer just a solo journey. It's not something we do by ourselves. It's something we do collectively. And I think that's a key part. Love it.
4: To to yes in that one, I remember Chris, you and I were having a conversation about ten uh, xing your goals. Like, what does it look like to ten x your goals? One is a way to go and find like the inspiration. Really, like go say, okay, cool, you're free now. What? So that's that's one benefit from that practice of just like blowing up what you think is possible for a moment, just to look at it. But then you brought up how like if you were to ten x a fifteen pound weight goal. That's actually that might not be healthy, right? <laughs> that's a little it's, bit of a uh, riddle. It's yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, wait, do I really? Am I committed to losing uh, 150 pounds? But w- hey, what if I got like, what if I got 10 people to lose 15 pounds with me, right? Mm. And that's a different aspect of community. It's inviting community, not just into the holding space for you to to, yeah. to give a count when you when you fall when you miss. It's like, hey, would you would we all like to pursue this together? Kind of just for the giggles.
3: Yeah. And, and I remember I remember that and I use that often, uh, mostly in and just what you're what you're referring to is internally we have a Slack channel where we work we're constantly communicating on how we can become better coaches uh, for our clients and things like that. And I put in there a while back something about meta performance and and I don't exactly remember what the question was, but the answer I want to give credit where it's due. I think with Jason, meta performance like going beyond high performance, moving towards what we're capable of almost always turns into leadership. And you gave Mm -hmm. an example saying, how do you lose 15 pounds? You lose 15 pounds. How do you lose 150 pounds? Well, that's a problem when you are 200 pounds. And and so how do you do it? And the the riddle is you get 10 people to Mm -hmm. lose 15 pounds. And it, and, and it inspires leadership in, in connecting other people. And so, to yeah, as a, as a piggyback to Randy's comments as well is is doing, doing goals in community, I think is really powerful, whether that's family, whether that's uh, corporate, whether that's friendships, any relationships, you know, life that can be people that, you know, people that you don't know. Uh, I know that there's communities online where it's like these yeah. people will never meet, but they're up to something together, which is, is something that's really cool that I have not, uh, that I haven't done my whole life until I really got into this work
2: at home. My husband and I, we set goals together every year. I see him like he's driving to school and he's like, I, I read 30 minutes on audible or whatever. So we have a book reading goal. And then I'm like, Oh shoot, I better start reading. (laughs) So there's this inspiration that when you're doing something together, it's more exciting. And it, it is like, it's like for the giggles you're saying, Joseph, like there's this element of when, if we start with happy or we start with free or some of what I've been working on in my life is if I start with I'm enough, then suddenly what I get up to becomes about play and it becomes about self-expression, about creativity, about men. Like I have this one life, this body, and what am I going to get up to? And not that I have to do this stuff in order to, you know achieve these certain things that are, you know, that we're never going to, that I was never going to get out of achieving goals anyway, but I set it up that way.
4: Well, and uh, to, to jump on what uh, Rosie was saying is like, there, there's a, there's a zone of detachment that is really healthy for completing goals. Right. And, and so exactly what you were saying is like, when I can start from free then I want, like, I'm committed to my goal from a place of, from wonder, from play, um, that it, it increases your probability that you're going to do it. Because now the, the, the perils of not doing it have been kind of like, they've been managed, managed in your mind, managed in how you relate to them. And so, again, it's like, yeah, hey, if you're trying to solve a problem of who you are or your worth or anything like that with your goals, you're decreasing your chances to actually complete it. Uh, the, the other tension point there is like, if you're totally detached, you're also not going to complete your goals. You're like, "Eh, okay, cool. That didn't happen. No big deal. So like in the middle there, and that's what the tension is. yeah, Yeah. Is this engaged detachment, um, that like, that's where magic happens.
2: Yeah. There's like resigned, engaged, detached, you know, that's like kind of the spectrum. Mm, that I, I like that. Help. Yeah. You, you know, you re, if you resigned, you're not in the game at all. If you're attached, you're freaking holding on to it like it's your oxygen. But if you're engaged, it's like you want it and you're going for your desire, but it doesn't define you, nor is it just not important at all.
1: Yeah. Randy. I think with the picture that we're painting here, which is different, I think, from the typical New Year's resolution is not just sort of this, okay, I've got to do this thing, but rather, as you said, it's, it's about engagement, it's about fun, it's about play, it's about creativity, it's about community, it's about way of being, it's all these things. So it becomes this much more encompassing adventure in some ways, this journey that we're about to enter into when we make these New Year's resolutions.
3: Love yeah, I, I really like I really like that, Randy. That's been transformative for me. Is turning goals into play, mm-hmm. gamifying it, if we will. And <laughs> there's there's a couple of things and I w- I want to share some thoughts too, just because there has been some some really really powerful things for me in accomplishing goals that I didn't think were were possible. And I c- I can rattle them off if that's okay, just because I w- I want to share this with with people who are listening, going, okay, cool, this is it's a good mindset. Uh, and there's some tools, but there's, there's some specific things if, if it's okay, that I, that I share is, um, one of them that's been incredibly helpful, the the community one I missed and, and Randy, I'm so glad you said that. And, and Joseph, that, that is, I, I don't even know how I missed it. It's, it's so important to me, whether that's community, like one-on-one, like even in a coaching relationship, I call coaching a community, even though there's, there's like me and, and the client or, uh, me and my coach, there's a community element of it there that makes things a, a degree of public. <laughs> and, and so some of the tools even is like, as you're setting goals, you're listening to this and you, you go, okay, I'm, I'm setting it from a healthy place. I'm, I'm going to choose to be happy in the pursuit is, um, just some practicalities of combining goals has been really helpful for me. So setting a physical and a financial goal simultaneously. So I'm going to have $1,500 saved and lose 15 pounds or 15,000, whatever it is, whatever it is, like those two things together, having some degree of a goal connected to another goal. So when you're doing one, you're actually inspiring the other has been super helpful for me. So anytime I set goals for the year, there's a physical and a financial almost always together or a a financial and a generosity. Mine is I would like to be able to pay off my house. That is highly meta performing for me, Um, a lot of things are going to need to go really, really well. And so I want to pay off my house. And I want to be in the best shape of my life based on metrics that I use for body fat, for energy, for like all the, all the things that I, that I have the apps for. And so those two things are connected for me, but for me, I have a goal of going, I want two people spontaneously to, to mention or comment on, have you been working out or something like that? Because what happens then is like, if two people are noticing, are are saying something more noticing, and it's actually like, and that's a a degree of inspiring for me. So
2: noticing as a measure,
3: noticing as a, yeah, exactly. And so the, the whole point is tying a physical and a financial goal together. So $15,000 saved, 15 pounds lost by specific date. And that's been really helpful for me is, is tying two things together. By the way, it also helps uh, in that specific example is like not eating out <laughs> saves me a lot of money. And mm-hmm. there uh, we
2: go. Yeah.
3: so those two things they do, they can play into each other. Another one is sharing publicly and sharing often. So there's a couple of things that when I when I set a goal or when I have clients set goals and, uh, you, as you're listening to this, if you want some degree of like, what's going to help you accomplish those things more, uh, is all the things that we're talking about, but then writing it down, writing it, writing a goal down, actually posting it somewhere, putting it somewhere that where I see it often, I used to say taunting me, but now I say inspiring me, uh, or yeah. haunting me. And now I say, uh, hmm. it's, it's really driving or inspiring me. So writing it down, sharing it, because so many of our goals are, are not public to anybody else. And the, the ease of hiding in the pursuit of that is exponential. So like when we, when we share it now, like with either with a coach, with a friend or with a spouse or whoever, the more we share it, now we actually have to do that thing. We're putting ourselves on the hook because we want to be the person that we want to be seen as. I don't know uh, if that makes sense. When you were talking about earlier,
4: when like choosing happy, like not holding your hostage happy, or not uh, holding happy hostage, it is like it's a very natural, like it's a gravitational force to to act that way, right? Like it's the drift that we will find ourselves in if we're not moving differently. And I think what you just said is also very, very much aligned with that. Is like it comes with the skin that we would. Just be like, eh, I'm not. I'm going to forget. I'm going to hide. I'm going to like not disclose. And so it's like you ink you you're 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 strapping rocket boosters to get out of the ga- gravitational pull when you uh out yourself, right? And this is the, the work of community. Tell as me you what say. you mean by 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 out yourself. Yeah. So when you uh, say, hey, you, I'm up to this. I'm
2: paying off my house.
4: Yeah. When you say it, when you say it out loud. Yeah, that's exactly. right. When you, okay. you've, you, you know, you've told like, and, and that was just notice even in what you were doing, right. Is like, you're like, oh, I don't want to say it because why? Yeah. Cause maybe it's not going to happen. Mate. I don't know what. Right. But then yeah, you yeah. said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take my own medicine here, say it out loud. I know it's useful. And in doing so, You create allies. I think this is something that, like, in James Clear, he talks about um, in Atomic Habits where he's like, uh, you increase your chances of getting what you want the more you disclose, like, what you want. Yep.
2: And, Chris, I want you to say the next things. I just want to say one thing uh, going off of what Joseph said is there was a pretty popular blog, something that went out a few years ago that was saying if you tell people what you're going to do, they're going to say, good job, Chris, and then that's going to take away some of your – of your oomph to go after it. and And so the recommendation in the blog was like, don't tell people. And I thought, man, that's not that's never been true for me and what I'm hearing us say and what James there said, Yeah, so just in case you read that blog, we say otherwise.
3: Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's the next point is, is talk about it often and share it w- with as many people as is appropriate. And so sharing it publicly is, or, or semi publicly, whatever that means for you is sharing something publicly is going to help increase your like the likelihood of that thing coming to pass. And so if people know what you're up to, uh, writing a book is a is a great example. You tell enough people that you're writing a book, that just the pain of them asking, <laughs> "Hey, where's your book?" or the fear of that pain of them asking, you are you are going to that it, it's going to pull you through the the pain of whatever that is when you sit down to write and you're staring at a blank page and you go, "Okay, but I have <laughs> there's I'm on the hook for this because i have put myself on the hook publicly for this and i think that's why things in in, in community and sometimes that community is a, a company or sometimes you get the the book advance and now you're in a contract and so you have to deliver um or there's or there's consequences which is by the way which is another one rewards and consequences to get myself completely unstuck well, there's things i i'm i'm not doing that i know i need to be doing i will I will give myself a consequence. So I've, I've done this with other people. I don't recommend it <laughs> if you can at all avoid it, but where I'll say, Hey, I will do this by this time, or I will donate this money to a, to a cause that I do not support. <laughs> and so uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: it is, it is painful and, but it's incredibly powerful and it, yeah. and it's, and it's not, it's not a lifestyle tool, but it is a a. Uh, a I think for me, the, the hardest part is starting. And whether it's writing or working out or changing a habit or whatever it is, the hardest part is, is for me personally is to start it's right before you start. And then the, the second hardest part is right before you finish something right, right before you ship it or deliver it. So the first page is the hardest to write. The last chapter is the hardest to write. And so doing, doing something like that, where you have uh, clear specific deliverables that are time bound, we, we, we can talk through smart goals. I'm sure there's going to be lots of links in the, uh, show notes here, but talking about it often and publicly. So, so the paying off my house thing has, that's, I've probably said that since I set that goal with my coach, something that's inspired me, I've probably talked about that 30 times in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And I, like people have asked me about it now, it's like, how's that going? Or like, mm-hmm. and so anyway, those are, those are things that are incredibly helpful for me. You said something about like,
4: Hey, that pain will, will move you to, to to take the next step. And I don't know that that's always true, right? Like uh, how we use pain is going to be a big part of the process of whether or not we keep our resolutions and like achieve our goals or not. Right. And so it's like, and and I, what I hear in, in all the things that you're saying is like, there's a really, you're using pain and, and pleasure and delight as an inspiration, you're using them as tools
2: to build things,
4: right? It's like, Hey, and and so it's like a, it's a highly resourceful way of relating with pain. Whereas oftentimes when we don't do the thing, or when somebody says, Hey, are you guys going to print your book? This is a conversation that uh, I I received just the other day about the Kickstarter we ran that we're like overdue on. It's like, Hey, are you guys, how close are you? And it's like, Oh, you got you like, I, I heard feel the pain. And I can, I can relate to that as like, make excuses and like continue to hide. Or I say, you know what, I really want to do something about it because I don't want to feel that pain again. And it's like, but that's always still going to be based on how you relate to that lever.
2: Mm-hmm. And just to give an example of, an other, you know, the other way to use levers or levers is a couple of years ago, my husband and I, we got married, we bought a house, we had 40 grand debt and we set out that year to pay it off. And uh, we had this like poster and it was a couch and it was like pay off the debt to get the couch. And so like when we paid off five grand, we got like, you know, whatever, it was like the pillows or then the next five grand was the next part it, we curtain it, it was stuff in the family room and then the next five grand so we we kind of allowed ourselves to furnish our house as we accomplished milestones of paying off our debt so it was like this it, it yeah it, it, it was really motivating honestly so
4: yeah i think that that's a key thing rosie what you're saying another way to increase your success is to celebrate Yeah. yeah yeah
2: Pain and pleasure, whichever one works for you better. Chris does some weird things where he supports charities that he doesn't align with.
3: Listen, well, here's the thing. I never have had to. That's yes, <laughs> there you go. It's not powerful. Uh, and it and it's it's again, it's not a lifestyle and certainly not advice. Uh, but for me personally, it's it's something that that is uh it's kind of like a it's a it's a spanking that, that begins to or the threat of a spanking that creates some discipline for me. Yeah. Uh, to, to begin to transform my behaviors in a way that I know, like once I get started, I'm good, (laughs) then I can keep this up and and that, but I love the idea of, of, uh, of rewards as well, especially in context to community and celebrating just what you said, uh, celebrating the wins. And, uh, and I, I believe even, um, Rosie, you've got the, the, the five grand at a time wins. And then there's the, like the laying down at night wins. (laughs) Like I just, I, today was a, Uh, was a day of wins and I will celebrate walking to my car (laughs) to go to the gym because I I have left my house, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and creating that culture, internal culture of, of celebration for the steps on the way, I think is something that we can't overlook as well. I think those, those are really helpful and important too. That helps foster, I think, momentum as well. I think another thing here, right. Chris talked
1: about the getting started. Then he talked about that last part of terms of coming close to the end of the goal. And I think in the middle of all that is really momentum. I think as we begin to to get started, we get off the couch, we walk to our car, whatever it might happen to be, there's, and celebrate that. I think as we celebrate that, I think that what, what that creates as well is a sense of momentum. It's a sense of like, you know, hey, I, and it, 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 it reinforces our belief structure because momentum is saying, hey, yeah, you can do this. You are doing this keep doing it as much as anything else.
2: Yeah. Love it. So, you know, we're talking about these big goals and how we uh, keep ourselves motivated and momentum. Now, look, guys, we coach high achievers, people that set big goals. We teach them about this thing called intuitive fence, where we expand what we believe is possible. What do you guys do when let's say someone's setting goals for the new year and it's you make up is fantasy. Is Is there ever you know, the possibility that someone sets a goal and they're just not going to get it whatsoever. Like if in one minute I said, I'm going to get a million dollars. Well, Hey, I'm not. So what do you guys, what do you guys do?
4: One of the things that comes immediately to mind there, and I think it has a lot to do with the previous question of like, how do you increase the chance of success is I think this came from Steve Chandler. It was the idea of an underdeveloped line of development. and so like, cool, like one is having no judgment about whether or not that thing that they said that they want or they're committed to having it's like i don't know there's lots of possibility that could actually make that happen and the question is hey what's your line of development what's the strategy what would it take who would you need to ask like and really help them flesh out just to see for themselves the, the the likelihood and possibility and then they can make the choice whether to keep it or not. But like more often than not, a lot of our goals are failing because we have an undeveloped line of development, right? We don't know how we're going to get there on a regular basis. And we don't know like what benchmarks to set. So if like you can help somebody do that, one, you you might convince yourself like, oh, actually they could they could easily do this. They could probably do this in six months. Or they get the the sobriety to be like, oh yeah, actually, this is, this is an 18-month goal. Cool, awesome. There's still like a 12-month benchmark in there that's going to fuel the total goal. Yeah,
3: I'm like, Joseph, can I book a call with you to actually unpack a lot of that for me? Yeah, that's really uh, good. Because I don't have the time here. But my answer to that... Rosie is, is I have had that before. And in, in the specific example comes to mind where somebody, we were doing an initial call years ago and he said, I want, I want coaching around helping me sell up 10 billion copies of my book, a very niche book. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, I was, I was like, well, we have a bit of a math problem. Uh, there's seven ish billion people on the planet who needs to like, what's, what's happening here. And so f- total fantasy in, in, as I judged it, you know, maybe unless he writes the Bible or something, there's like in the next year, by the way, it was, it, it was a year timeline. So I, I was going, okay, so let's, can we unpack this a little bit? Uh, by the way, we didn't end up working together. Um, and so <laughs> I, but, but it was, I go, uh, what, why, what's, what's, what is that revealing? There's a motivation there for somebody who is living in something, some degree of a fantasy. The next question is, if, if that's the case, then, then what would that afford you? Like we were talking about before, what was that, what does that do for you? And, and are there other ways to accomplish that, that very thing. And I think oftentimes we can settle into a a more, if we want to judge it as like a healthy (laughs) depiction of what a goal might or could look like for somebody that can help accomplish it. And I'll say the, uh, the opposite is that that is so much less likely than the exact opposite where somebody is setting goals that are beneath them, setting goals that they do not need help. They will not have to grow much. They already know what to do. They're just not doing it. I think when when people are talking in our world specifically, there we're really connecting on, uh, like at least my experience is that people will will say, "Here's what I want to do," and I go, "You do not need my help to do that." <laughs> if we're really honest, uh, what we're looking for is something that really occurs to somebody as not possible in the time frame with the with the resources that they have, whatever it is, with the history that they have. And I think there are some people that are setting fantasy goals, <laughs> but I think that tragically and all too often people are, are more so going the other way where they're, where they're setting goals that are far beneath what they're capable of. And that's really where that's we such step a good in insight. And, and help <laughs> yeah, you know, great. To, you know, expand and mm-hmm. push and, um, and, and, go up against the, the, the boundaries and the limits of what somebody believes that they're capable of, and then, and then smash right through those or, or limp, limp to the other side of them. But they have just proven to themselves that, that uh, they can go further and higher and and do more than they've ever thought possible. And then, and then it just reframes and, and restarts the conversation from that point. So that's my contribution to that question. Here's the strange part, here, Rosanna. I think when you asked about, you mentioned the idea of of
1: the intuitive fence and busting past goals, and and someone mentioned earlier on about meta performance. And I think here's the thing: that we take a look at New Year's resolutions. In some cases, it's really about examining how in the world are we going to get there in the first place. And I think that's the exciting part about the work that we do, both within ourselves and also with others, our clients, our our community, is really helping to explore well. That seems like crazy. Chris, you want to pay off your house in this next year kind of thing. And it's like, you know, if if we were like I think like many people would be like, oh, well, come on, get real kind of thing. It's not gonna happen this year. And I think the beauty of this here is that when we're not even we're not even just taking this new York, this idea of the New Year's resolution and, and, and doing it safely. We're actually suggesting we do it right and we can actually blow way past what what we might normally think our New Year's resolution might be in the first place. Mm -hmm. And in contrast, meta performance and the intuitive fence. I think the beauty of here that we have within our culture, within our coaching, is the fact that we don't have to settle for simply setting regular New Year's resolutions. We can go well beyond that. And I think, you know, you think about the whole aspect of human potential. And what we can accomplish in the world. Mm-hmm. One of one of the dreams of our of our firm is really is that every single person would have a coach. It doesn't have to be a Novus Global we'll coach; it could be any coach. But the idea that we we tap into our potential. And I think when we look at New Year's resolutions, it's like, okay, those are good. That's great. But how do we go further? How do we go beyond that? And that's the exciting journey. That's the amazing adventure that we get to go on ourselves personally, with our community, and with our clients.
2: Yeah. So we we make these goals. We track them. And then, you know, what happens if mid-year, maybe we're, we're over them or what, how do we stay committed to the the goals that we set? And does it matter?
4: Yeah. Well, I remember way back when I was first getting coached by Jason and he had kind of this like snappy little question that he probably felt real clever about, but it, it lasted and it really changed my life where he was like, oh, how long have you been committed to being uncommitted? And I realized then that, like the especially going back even to what Randy was talking about at the top of the show about like who you are, about a way of being, is like being committed is a is a it's a being thing, not a doing, right? Mm. And so, being a person of commitment, being a person who uh, who follows through. I see that as being a really integral to the question that we've been talking about. Right. I say like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, like if, if I'm going to do this, then, Oh, who would I need to be? I would need to be committed. Right. And what would a committed person do? Well, a committed person would do a lot of things that Chris talks about, tell people about it. They would set uh, celebrations and set consequences. They would put skin in the game. They would. And, and I think this is one of the things that, that is is still new to me as I explore a way like upgrading my being as a committed person is putting things out there as if they're going like and and acting as if they're already true Mm -hmm. right so like it's there for me at some point and I like here's when I want to arrive but I'm headed there a very concrete example was like this this past year um, one of the things that I I I didn't commit to it at the start of the year, but I at one point I was like, "This is something I would like to do." And I was I did a triathlon. I signed up. I paid money. I we booked a house down where it was going to be. There's a lot of like a lot of skin in the game that that showed my commitment. And then like the weekend of was disastrous. Like it was there was like heavy thunderstorms. There was like car problems. We didn't have a car to take our family there, and and there was a lot of of reckoning. I was like, hang on a second. What, what is my level of commitment? I was like, Hey, I I know that I'm just going to do this. And I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not committed to winning. I'm not committed to a certain time. I know I'm going to do this. It's just not a question anymore.
2: So then what happened? I did it. (laughs) How did you get get there? You're leaving us hanging.
4: What I did is I made requests of, I made bold requests of, of friends, Mm -hmm. bold requests of my family, I had to slow down and really think, like, okay, like what's what's the attitude I want to take into this? And then, um, uh, yeah, it rained, in, but not on the the day of. And you know, I got it out in the water, and it kind of did did not very great in the swim. But then I finished, and it was it was awesome. And I'm glad I yeah, did it. Hey,
1: you Joseph, know, thank yeah. you.
4: <laughs> but just to 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 put a period on that, I think that one way to explore. If you're listening, is is going into goal setting, going into envisioning your year is your level of of commitment,
0: mm-hmm. your level
4: of of who you are as a committed person. And what would it look like to grow that and use your goals to do so? Right. And so kind of inverting your goal. So it's not so much even like, oh yeah, it's about the pounds. It's like actually, what if it was about growing in commitment? growing and how powerful your word is to make things happen out in the world.
2: And what's the result when people grow in commitment through setting goals? What happens in their in their lives?
4: Well, what I get to see is their lives transform. When you show up and you become a person of commitment, you do things that you think were impossible. And uh, you, you experience transformation that other people think is impossible for you. And so basically you have situations like kind of what Chris was talking about, where, where people notice that there's something different about you and, and they, act, they actually thank you for it.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that touches me when I think about growing in my level of my commitment through setting goals, totally, it's like that's how I get in the gym to grow my level of commitment. what inspires me is is I begin to think, so if I say I'm going to do something and then I make it happen, that also means that if my family is in the utmost tragedy and I get to a moment where I say that mm-hmm. I am going to get them out of it or I'm going to create mm-hmm. the situation that we can rise out of it. If my son is, you know, you know, like in a position that, that makes all of us feel vulnerable, that I can speak into it and create that what I say will, will come to fruition. And, and so that like, that motivates me in a, in a weird Mm -hmm. way to, to set goals for 2022, because I want to build that muscle, that word equals world. Yeah. And, and so thank you. There's
4: a direct proportion between your level of empowerment and how committed you are.
2: Yeah. Your being. Absolutely. And another thing I want to share is like, hey guys, look to, to all of us listening is sometimes you set a goal and it, it doesn't happen. You know, we, we, we do have situations with our clients where, you know, they're out, they're playing a big game and they don't necessarily always achieve all of the outcomes that they set. And From my personal experience, I worked towards the Olympic games for 14 years and in the 20th round of sudden death penalty shots in what is now the longest game in the history of the sport. And water polo was the first team sport in the Olympics. So you can imagine that's a lot of games that were played. You know, we missed our birth to the Olympics. And when I look back on my life, do I say I count that all as loss I don't and I think of oh my goodness who I transformed and became over year after year of making commitments and daily practices and weekly habits and monthly you know lead measures and all that stuff is that who I became in the process going back to to what you said Randy when we started this whole conversation is I I got to become somebody that was basically an olympian even though i don't have that title next to my my name it's like i was in the way of being of an olympian (laughs) and love that
4: rosie yeah for sure
2: like i know that in in my i know that in me whether outside in the world they say that or not
1: and i think the whole area that you know the one word that both of you use in all this is is growth whether it's growing in commitment and growing in who you're becoming and for those listening again as you set Begin to set your, you know, your newest resolutions or your goals or your way of being. It's like this is the beginning of a growth journey for you over the course of the next year. It's not about a one and done or, you know, you fail or whatever else. It's going to be something that you, you, you lean into, you move into, you grow into. And that's the exciting part.
2: Mm-hmm. So, how about I'd love for us to just give our audience some some bits, you know, some tools that they can go look into as they as they set up the year. So earlier, Chris had started about uh, he had said smart goals. So that's you know one of the ways you can set goals. Another thing I invite everyone to look into is Michael Hyatt actually did a bit of a a tweak on that, and he created a smarter acronym. And so it's specific, measurable, actionable, time bound, exciting. Mm-hmm. There's risky and relevant in there. So he's got that like expanding your intuitive fence idea. There's another system called OKRs, objectives key results. A lot of Silicon Valley companies use that as their way of creating outcomes. So you can do it in your your personal life. There's that book The Four Disciplines of Execution where they talk about lead measures and lag measures. Any any tools you guys use or apps that you find help you set goals? in a way that has you fulfill on them?
4: My favorite resources are kind of more on the other side of like relating to goals. So I love Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. And then there's the book, One Small Step Can Change Your Life that really looks at the processes that help again, in this idea of develop a line of development. I really like those. And then the the other one, and i um, I'm really eager to hear what Randy to saying, but is, is after you kind of like make your draft of, Hey, I think this is what I'd like to, these are my goals, right? Which uh, we like, we like to say that, that like, there are never anything other than first drafts, mm-hmm. right? One way to, to look at it, to like reflect on what you just created is to sort things through. Am I committed or am I interested Right, so like, which of these things am I just interested in versus which of these things do I really relate to with commitment? As in, like, I'm gonna get in the water for that triathlon. I'm gonna like really pay the 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 airfare and get on the plane. Like, what's that thing? And even just like being able to sort those can I, I always feel a little bit relieved, be like oh my gosh, so many of these things I'm just interested in. Thank God. <laughs> right? and, uh, and then I can uh, more wholeheartedly pursue my commitments.
1: I think a key, another key tool, in addition to the ones that the two of you already suggested, is what we do with our clients when we set these big outcomes, these big sort of annual goals, six-month goals, whatever it might happen to be, is to, we use that idea of called sprints? Mm. Is breaking down the uh, the the bigger goal into smaller smaller amounts. In other words, it could be quarterly, it could be monthly, it could be whatever whatever time frame that you want. But by having a these sprints, you have a, in essence, in many ways, milestones to get to your bigger goal. So you want to let's say save fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. So what's my what's my first quarter goal? Maybe it's saving you know four hundred dollars, a quarter of the amount or something like that, and then. In addition to that then it's also identifying what are the specific actions that i'm going to be doing then along the way being a person of commitment as joseph's referred to that's going to help me achieve that specific sprint what am i committed to doing being to get to that 400 so rather than looking at the big 1500 goal or 15,000 goal or 15 pound goal i'm breaking it into a, a smaller sprint so yeah. that's helped well
2: yeah and you know randy what you made me think about too when we work with our clients. What we have as a process is this thing called gold sealing your outcome. So if I'm working with a, you know, a director in an organization, then they would make sure that their manager, let's say one of the VPs would gold seal and approve of their outcomes. Now, if we bring that into our personal lives, something to think about is, is, hey, if I'm going to set these 15 goals and I'm not going to talk to my husband about it, what might be the impact there? <laughs> uh, chances are is that my level of success won't be as high as if he's not, you know, bought in since he's my, you know, most intimate relationship. So something to think about is not only announcing it, as we said earlier, but getting buy-in from the people that really love you the most, that you love the most, so that there is that sense of team, even if it's your individual goals, you know, you have people cheering for you. So, yeah, that's that's another one that I find really helpful. Another thing you might want to do is uh, hire a coach. We forgot that one. <laughs> As you're it's as you're setting effective. As you're setting 2022 goals and you you set these goals that feel that they're beyond what you can do on your own. We all have coaches. And as we say, don't hire a coach who doesn't have a coach. So we have with us that accompaniment to bring out the highest level of of capability and possibility when we work towards our goals. You know, we didn't talk about before you set your goals. Do you have a structured process of reflection? Like how do you actually take in the year that was that is passing before you jump into the next year? We know that so many ambitious people they just go on to the next thing and don't stop and pause right. and take in the lessons. What are what are your guys' ways of reflecting before defining new outcomes?
1: I think in some ways what yeah, that's that's a great that's a great one there, uh, Rosie. I think the aspect of um looking at How did I get in my way? In some ways, in other words, I think I think being, being Joseph used the term being sober, being clear as to you know what was what I want to achieve in the first place. What did I actually do? What actually what actually happened? And really having a clear understanding of what the gap was. And I think as we understand the gap and we're clear on that gap, we're not playing games. We're not sort of just justifying or creating this illusion. Again, we love the gap, we love, we love mm-hmm. growth, we love this idea of understanding what, what we, how we need to continue growing in. And I think as we begin looking at those questions of, you know, what were these, we often call it in our firm, we call it rackets. We take a look at these complaints that we have, these things that we're tolerating, and examining what, what are our payoffs, you know how do we benefit from not actually doing anything or maybe or, or tolerating a lower level of perfor- a low level of performance? And then what are our long, what are the long-term costs? And I think when we're clear on that, when we understand the payoffs, the seemingly beneficial things that really aren't a benefit to us, and the accompanying long-term costs or consequences, I think that degree of sobriety and examining what, where we've been allows us then to be able to set exciting goals still though, at the same time, too, though recognizing that there are, there are ongoing changes to our way of being and to our behaviors that will need to take place for uh, for this upcoming year.
2: Mm-hmm. Love it. What I about you, that. Joseph?
4: I'm a I'm a pretty verbal, conversational processor. <laughs> so there's really not a like a, a refined structure. Really for me, it is a little bit of journaling here and there, just a lot of thinking while I'm on a bike or mm-hmm. thinking while I'm going to sleep, hard to turn this thing off. And then, uh, and then just talking, especially I, I love that. I love sinking into the, the artificial lull of the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Like we made this up, right? Like we made up a, a, Hey, it's a new year and like, we created meaning out of that. This like, it's just another day where the sun comes up, but <laughs> we've created meaning around, Hey, let's like slow it down in these two or three days where like, we get to hang out with each other. We get to prepare festivities together. And I use I really just approached that time saying, like, this is a great time to just talk. This is a great time to talk with the people I love the most and just say, like, hey, what happened this year? <laughs> and hey, what would be cool about next year? And that that really is a lot of how that reflection happens uh, in my own life.
2: Love it. You know, I developed this thing. Over time, it wasn't necessarily intentional, but as I prepared to write goals for the new year, I I noticed I would just look at my calendar and look at, okay, what actually happened in January 2021? Mm. What happened in January 2022? I suggest that if you book your life in your calendar, which is what I think a lot of us do, just seeing the events that are booked will uh, give a lot of insight. There's another one that, yes, our, our colleague Emily shared with us. It's called Rose, Thorn, and Bud. So it's this easy one. I did it actually last night with a group of people. And so if you look back on 2021, what was a rose? What was the success that you experienced? Something that you're really proud of? And then a thorn. Uh, what was maybe a mistake you made or something happened that was painful to you um, that that you just you know want to note? And then what's a bud? What's something that you're excited to explore further that you want to learn more about or create something out of? And just like those three questions can actually bring up, uh, you know, in a simple way, a lot of beautiful insights. I suggest that, you know, Joseph talking about those, the lull of the holidays, maybe to our listeners, I suggest that you that you bring this to the dinner table over the holiday and see what comes up from your, from your family and see what kind of insights that you guys gain before going into 2022.
1: And that goes back to the whole idea of community as well, the community of our loved ones,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know,
1: the being able to dream together, to be able to inspire one another. And so it's not just about ourselves. It's also about how we do it with people that matter the most to us. And, you know, both of you have mentioned that.
2: Mm-hmm. Love it. So to wrap up today, we talked about a lot. We're going to have <laughs> some links for you in the show notes. Some of the the big insights I say, and I want to thank you guys so much for just for just sharing your depth of knowledge. Some of the the big insights from today is, you know, setting goals is not just about outcomes. It's about who you're being. And also when we set our goals. It's not about fixing what's wrong necessarily. It can be, but it's it's about play and it's about desire. It's about what would, if you started with happy, if you already would were happy, then what would you create? And
1: going beyond the traditional, again, the traditional sort of New Year's resolution, but even going beyond this idea of meta performance and growth and the intuitive fence, what might be possible? What am I capable of? And asking that kind of question as you set your goals for 2022. We're excited for you all as you listen to this. We're excited for the goals and the outcomes and who you're going to become over the course of this next year.
2: Yes, Randy. Joseph, any last words?
4: I can't top that.
2: Randy. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody.
0: Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.